Welcome to the Catholic Reading Challenge. I'm Mike. And I'm Jess. And the only thing we like better than reading is talking about what we are reading with friends. In 2019, we are reading through a new category each month. So listen in and read along. And remember, as Mortimer J. Adler said, in the case of good books, the point is not to see how many of them you can get through, but rather how many can get through to you. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I know it's been a while. It has been a long time. How long has it been? Well, let's just talk about what happened in November or what didn't happen. The podcast didn't happen in November. A lot of things happened, but one of them was not the podcast. I know. Um, we got like, sick. Yeah, people got sick. I don't I don't even remember anything. I just feel like it was a crazy month. But I was, I was dealing with some stuff. Yeah. It totally was, was. It was. It was. It was just trying to get through each day, um, and when you got to the end of the day, you've been there. When you get to the end of the day, when I say you've been there, I'm not necessarily talking to Jess. I'm talking to the audience. <laughs> when you go, I just need to go to sleep, or I just need to lay on the couch, or I just need to do something else. So that was our month of November. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. So <clears throat> it's it's good. I mean, I'm sure everyone's been there. So um, if you guys read a book from antiquity without us great we actually what we decided to do for us was read the same book together for november and december but since november was crazy we decided we'd read the same short book for yeah. november and december because it fits in both categories um book from antiquity or a book on a great books list and we're going with play-doh so we nice. are reading gorgias which i had read in my phd program and hadn't picked it up for a reread since um, we're going to talk about it at the end of the month when we do another podcast. We're not going to really get into it today, but I'm very excited to have a conversation about this book. And, um, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, for anyone who felt like if you were faithfully reading along in November and you're like, where are Mike and Jess? What's going on here? You know, um, we were having just our crazy, you know, busy lives or whatever, and didn't really get to, to chatting about books in, in November. But if you were faithfully reading along, you might have found just a gem that you didn't know existed. You know, one of these old books. It can be intimidating, though, for most people. They think a book from antiquity, like this is a book. This is just not for the average person to read. I need um, some clarity here, though. The thing that I need clarity on is I need to know what the November category was, what the December category is, and how this book, Plato, and say the title again. Gorgias. Gorgias, which... I wish I knew a Gorgias. It's a like, good name. Yeah, Interesting Gor- Gorgias name. Jackson. Um, it fits both categories. Is that what so you're Nove- telling me? Right. So November was a book from antiquity. Okay. So Plato fits that. Definitely checks and off that box. And December's category is just any book from any great books list. Okay. So, so you that's would, a lot of options. This book would be on a great books list. Yeah. So like sort of the tradition of great books. Now, maybe they wouldn't read this particular one, but they would put Plato on there. So different, maybe great books programs would say. Yeah. Like totally. actually this is on St. John's college's oh, list. That's right. Right, th- right down the road in yeah. Annapolis. Yeah. Um, but this is a nice one because it's short. Actually, there are a lot of ones that are, you don't have to find something that's like this huge, heavy, thick, long volume you have to trudge through. There, there are a lot of things. And what I was going to mention in November, since I never got to, I'll just mention for you now, in case you want to dive into this category in the future, um, <clears throat> Aesop's fables count. Those are from antiquity. Those are old. 
So, you know, you want to, if you wanted to challenge yourself to get into a book for antiquity and just sit with your kids and read the fables, hey. You know, I know we're talking about the, the book categories that we're going to read or the category that we're going to read. Actually, it's like the category in November and December had a baby. They came together. And for they us, had a baby. for us, for what we're reading. We're yeah. not having a baby, but our book categories <laughs> had a baby. Plato, Gorgias. Um, but I wanted to kind of give an insight. It's funny. We sometimes talk about just the books that we're reading. But I have been reading some other other books. And yes. Can you hand me that, the the St. John of the Cross? Oh, yes. And his feast day was just on Saturday. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this would be... He, he's not from antiquity. And he's not a book Middle that's ages. on great books list. But Contemporary of St. Um, Teresa of Avila. To kind of give you insight, November had been a very deep, difficult month. God was dealing with a lot of stuff in my life. And I found that reading um, the works of St. John of the Cross has really just been so life-giving. And is it's it's wonderful with an author, I'm sure many of you have had this experience. For me, Walker Percy is a guy that I read <clears throat> when I feel like nobody understands me, when I feel that I might be crazy. And I read Walker Percy, I'm like, okay, that's a guy who I feel can relate to to, to what I'm going through. But man, St. John of the Cross, and I've, I've been reading, um, just working through this book, almost in a devotional sense. It's just been fantastic. This is um, a, a translation by um, Kirian Kavanoff, and a, a friend of mine loaned it to me, and I just read a little bit every day. So I would highly recommend St. John of the Cross. You can kind of incorporate it in your prayer life and your daily devotions, <coughs> but it's something that I've enjoyed greatly, just to tell you what we've been up to. Awesome. Um, so, well, there's a couple things that we, that we were going to talk about mm -hmm. tonight. So we're going to talk about sort of where we've been, what we've been doing, how we're merging those two categories yes. for us with this book. Um, secondly, we want to preview for you guys, chat a little bit about what's coming in 2020, which is right around the corner. So, um. In a few weeks. <laughs> which is crazy. 2020. So next year, I think we mentioned this before, uh, next year we wanted to kind of slow things down a bit and just take, maybe just not have, well, two things. We want to slow things down, not have so much reading maybe, but also really develop uh, a bit more of a community Yeah, that we could all be reading the same thing at one time. And, and for... To, to develop a community with y'all, we need to develop a community between me and Jess when it comes to what we're reading. So we're, we've mentioned this before in the podcast. We're going to switch over to reading the same short story every month, a specific author. Um, and we're going to pick a short story, you know, one that's, that's definitely manageable, that um, won't stress you out and won't kind of stretch you a little too thin, but something that's also, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's substantive that is is discussion worthy. I actually find that sometimes the best way to experience an author is through the their their short stories or um, if you're reading a philosopher or who who also wrote short stories, they're little primers, they're little kind of discussion pieces that you oh, read yeah. and you can have like a little talk. As a teacher, I really value short stories. Well, there's so much packed into them <clears throat> because there's it's kind of like this genre where you can't waste any words. Yeah, and I think the same reason they work in a teaching environment is the same reason they would work in this podcast environment. Oh, yeah. Which is they're, it's realistic that you can finish it. Yes. Um, they're also, they have to be very specific. So if the author's trying to get through something across, they have a limited amount of, of 
space to do so. Right. So I think if you can pick up what they're putting down, maybe a little bit easier. Sometimes novels really take time to develop the oh, yeah. ideas. Yeah. Short stories, like you said, you don't have you don't have the um, the luxury of doing that. No, and all the good short stories, really, the keys to what they're about, and maybe even sort of the hints of where they're going happen like the, that foundation is laid in the first few paragraphs mm. sometimes the first few sentences like if you look back when you're done you say oh yeah this is totally being <laughs> i don't know if this is true but a, a, a friend of mine told me this once he said that now this could be a total fake story but it's regardless if it's if it's fake or true it's actually really really good and there was a um, a short story contest that some newspaper had and you had to write the most poignant short story in his few words as possible and Hemingway supposedly entered this contest and he wrote a short story that was either two or three sentences and the short story was um baby shoes for sale barely used oh wow in just those two sentences how that what that communicated yeah. something Jess I actually think I was wrong I think it was Baby shoes for sale never used, which you, which is more oh, tragic. Oh, yes. I think so. Because barely used, that could be like any well, I mean, baby I, shoes. Yeah. But it was this idea that this expecting couple yeah. bought these shoes, they're excited, and something happened. Yeah. The yeah, pregnancy yeah. happened. Yeah, I have heard that. Yeah, but no, it's just like good. two sentences, oh, and, yeah. it, and it just, bam, it just Well, hits. that's what I mean. Like these great short story <laughs> authors, their economy with words is incredible. When you really go, when you go in, in with time and you look at it, especially usually you have to reread it. You know, you get it, you read maybe once for the plot, you get the story, and then you're like, wow, wait, there's, there's a lot of symbolism in here that I want to unpack. That, that's what's rich about it is mm -hmm. that the meaning and the symbolism that's in the story and what things stand for. And uh, yeah, and some are not necessarily that long and you're amazed at what the author can do. Yeah, I love reading short stories. And at, at the high school that I went to, DeMatha, where I teach at as well, um, the tradition in the English department was really just these, the, the teachers would put together these anthologies of short stories um, and th to, to introduce you to an author. And we, we started to read, the first things you read were, were Sherlock Holmes, and you read some Edgar Allan Poe, oh, yeah. and then you got into some Hawthorne, and then you got into some... Um, you would read some Hemingway and some Faulkner, and it's just a great way to 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 read someone to also see. You have to understand too. Back when when Poe was writing, these people were writing the the journal or the periodical was a was a very important medium, and these authors made their money by writing for these for what we would call magazines. Right. Um, <clears throat> so to be a working author, to to pay your rent, to be able to put food on the table. This was one of the main ways you made money. So I think it was much more of a thing back then than maybe it is today because of, of yeah. the, I guess it would be called a journal, these different. I mean, they exist. I just like monthly publications that people wrote in. Yeah. And obviously we are inundated with media right now, right? You know, in this time in history, I mean, the fact that we you know have the internet and we have digital access to things. I mean, it's a sort of, it's a completely different world in terms of access and the amount of information, but I think, but, but a good analogy, kind of a good comparison, is the way that people people say it's a golden age of television now. So there's a lot of production or writing that goes into TV. It takes you thirty minutes, forty five minutes to watch a television episode. It mm -hmm. takes you two hours to watch a film. 
um, <clears throat> and how there's this golden age of television. You can binge watch a show, a, a writer that you really like. I think short stories can kind of serve that purpose compared to the novel. Oh, sure. The TV show versus the movie Right, comparison. you can get some good writing in, you know, in, the, in a short story. Yeah. Um, okay, so before we, just on that note, um, then in 2020, for every month, we're going to have a different author. So that means... We're only going to be able to read 12 authors next year, obviously. So we're going to be leaving amazing people out. And we're still honing down the list. Um, there's some people I could tell you are probably definitely going to be on there. Flannery O'Connor, Faulkner, Hemingway, Catherine Mansfield. We haven't, we haven't, um, we haven't finalized the list, so I'm not going to say who. But this is the, fir- the first time you just heard that is the first time I heard it. So I want you to know that those names, which I all approve of. What was the last <laughs> one that you said? So I just recently discovered Catherine Mansfield, See, I don't know who and that I is. think she's worth reading. So we'll we'll let Mike have a pass at at a few of these. Two no, ones. I want I want to read. I, I kind of. But like we reading. have to narrow it down. We decided we wanted to just focus on one author a month and read two of that author's short stories because you know just reading one maybe you don't get as much of a flavor. If you get if you spend you know time with two, it's I think it's a little bit better. You know, so spend time with a different author every month. So we're going to podcast. I think the plan is probably to do a podcast like mid-month, say around the 15th, and then the second one around the you know the end of the month. So you have like the first half of the month to read a short story, the second half of the month to read the second one. If you only read one, you can still listen to both, but you know, because you're going to get something out of it. So the idea that we're all reading the same two yeah. short stories, and even if you don't get to both of them in a month, you just get to one, you still are going to get a lot out of the discussions of that author and both of those short stories and it can be one you kind of maybe file away to get to later so all that being said um we'll be posting a graphic um probably on instagram and maybe my website jessicatomi.com um sometime in the next couple weeks before january so that you can um know what the what january's author is going to be and what the two short story selections are going to be so I'm excited. We'll have that. We'll have that out soon. That's going to be something that we'll have out over the Christmas. And we definitely. I know we said this a lot this year, but we want to utilize the social media and our email address. So when you're when you're reading the story with us, and you send us a an email or you send us a comment, that we can bring that up during the show. Yeah, definitely. And we can say, hey, you know, so and so had this insight with the short story. Oh yeah, we would love to include your comments because <clears throat> our our heart really is to make this a community. And you know, sometimes it takes time. To, to work out the kinks to figure out how to best do that. Yeah. But we're committed to that. Um, and we want to get you involved and we want to learn from from all of you who who are reading along with us. Yeah. And I actually think that's a uh, that would be a fun thing to try. Like whether you like Mike said, you have time to post a comment on social media, but we love getting emails. We, we kind do. of love long form too. Um so if you personally communicate with us and we can share those insights on the podcast. I think that's helpful. I think the audio, um, you know, for people, a lot of times being busy, we, we can listen to things rather than it's hard to get into like a forum discussion sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I know we don't have a whole lot of time for that either. You know, we, a lot of us have kids and other important things and we want to be reading too. So sometimes listening to other people's comments, you kind of get all that. You get to have a little bit of that input without maybe if you don't have time to you know, have a big long thread in a discussion forum, which some groups have, you know, so maybe we will in the future. But I think right now, if you want to share some insights you have, we can totally share them on the podcast. So sure. look for that. That's coming up. We are very excited about reading plans for this new year. I wanted to touch on something, though, that had to do with um, 
I was going to share this when we were in a podcast in November, um, but it had to do with why read old books okay. anyway. And the book that you and I read, um, St. Athanasius's mm-hmm. um, On the Incarnation, was that for October or whatever we read? Yeah, it was October because we yeah. missed November. Right. So so we read St. Athanasius's On the Incarnation and um, the the version that we read, I guess, with the edition we read, C.S. Lewis wrote the preface for it. It was a wonderful preface. But it was so timely because he had this to say at the very beginning of the preface, and it's totally worth reading and applicable to thinking about reading old books. And many great books, like for the month of December, are considered old books. A lot of the books you're going to see on a great books list, there's a reason that they're really old because they've been around a long time and they've been proven to be very good and wise and offer us a lot to think about and apply in our own lives. So this is what Lewis says. There's a strange idea abroad that in every subject, the ancient books should be read only by the professionals and that the amateur should content himself with the modern books. Thus, I have found as a tutor in English literature that if the average student wants to find out something about Platonism, The very last thing he thinks of doing is to take a translation of Plato off the library shelf and read the symposium. He would rather read some dreary modern book ten times as long, all about isms and influences, and only once in twelve pages telling him what Plato actually said. The error is rather an amiable one, for it springs from humility. The student is half afraid to meet one of the great philosophers face to face. He feels himself inadequate and thinks he will not understand him. But if he only knew the great man just because of his greatness is much more intelligible than his modern commentator, the simplest student will be able to understand, if not all, yet a very great deal of what Plato said. But hardly anyone can understand some modern books on Platonism. (laughs) It has always, therefore, been one of my main endeavors as a teacher to persuade the young that firsthand knowledge is not only more worth acquiring than secondhand knowledge, but is usually much easier and more delightful to acquire. That is wonderful. So wonderful. Love how yeah. he ends that. It's more delightful to acquire. I don't think I could really say much about what he just said. I just think just thinking about that and letting it sink in. So if you're reading, you know, what you might have read last month or reading a great book now, just to take that and be like, you know, there's a reason great books have been around a while. They are delightful in and of themselves. <clears throat> there's a great Mark Twain quote that I always tell my kids. I'm kind of the anti-educator educator. I don't like the way schools are set up. I actually think modern education does a really good job of squashing human wonder totally. and, and, and the desire to, to learn. It makes it this utilitarian thing for participation in the workplace. It's, it's rather soul crushing. The fluorescent lights that are in the classroom, the, the, the horrible paint that's on the walls. Oh, it's just communicating something as you sit in an uncomfortable chair for six hours a day and you are talked to, and then you have to go home and do three hours of homework. I just think it's the most inhumane thing in the entire world. And I, lo- I always tell them this, this Mark Twain quote where he said, I never let schooling get in the way of my education. Yes. <laughs> right, and and right. don't let books about great books get in the way of you reading oh, actual yes. great books. And I find it funny when I sit down with my students and we open up a common text and we read it together the same way that I sit down with my eight-year-old, my my six-year-old, and my four-year-old, and I open up a book and I read with yes. them, yes. this thing just happens in this conversation. And we make it so complicated and and... We act like people can't handle it, 
but when when people encounter ideas and and they read it, it's amazing what what the human mind can grasp. So um, that's what we're trying to do. Honestly, I think that's at the base of what the the, the Catholic reading challenge is. It's not this idea of kind of a, a club around uh, reading books for for a specific genre, but it's this act of being human um, and encountering ideas that have traveled through the ages through these books that we can encounter anew um, and that we can yeah. that we can discuss and, and grow um, to be more human. And, and, and also as we grow to be more human, we grow more to, to be more, more divine in, in that spark and that intellect that God put in all of us. Yeah. So there, I mean, there's the argument for why, why to read the old books. And I mean, you don't have it from a better person than Lewis. And there's, um, I think I saw this on, yeah, I did. It was like the Cersei Institute, one of their emails. I think it's a program that they have. And it's something to the, something along the lines of like, don't read Lewis, read the books Lewis wrote. And they're not trashing Lewis. Read the books Lewis Lewis read. Yeah, they're not trashing Lewis. They're just saying, hey, you know why the guy was so brilliant? Do both. Well, the, yeah, do, no, of course. <laughs> but he, they're, they're just emphasizing, hey, it's not an accident that this man is so brilliant. We love his stuff. Sure. We know what he spent his education, his life as a young adult, as an adolescent, and as an adult, and continue, you know, throughout his life. You know, these are the people he read. And when you start to look back and say, oh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense that he had such a yeah. – uh, he had so much to say to the modern man because he, he obviously he had such a penchant for saying it to the modern audience, but he was he had this profound truth from antiquity basically that he was able to carry through to mo- to the modern person um, so poignantly, I think. Well, I think that's a great place to kind of to wrap up. Um, yeah. Go again. So we're going to read Plato. Yeah, Mike uh, and I are reading Plato's Gorgias. Gorgias this I can't wait this to talk month. About. Yeah, I'm very excited to read that. I have not read that. I've read a lot of Plato, but I have not read Gorgias. If I have, I've forgotten, and I'm terrible with names, so maybe I did read it. But we're also excited about next year in short stories. Um, and and just we just encourage you to just uh, to to join us in this journey as we continue to read um, and, and just learn more about what it means to be human and more about life. And, um, yeah, just connect, connect with the text and connect with one another. Yeah, and I hope you guys have had a wonderful Advent. We're here um, recording this about a week before Christmas. So we really do truly wish you all a wonderful celebration of Christ's birth. And uh, we'll see you again, talk to you again at the end of the month. See you. Bye.